We begin today with a quick stop at the quick stop. Oh man, that's really clever. I tell you about an Episcopalian, a Baptist, and an old Jewish lady. And no, nobody walks into a bar. It's not a joke. It's a really good story. Then I have dinner with over a thousand people, maybe a lot over that, only to leave, well, oddly disappointed. And all of this is on the way to answering the question, can this be tolerated? Welcome to the Sky Pilot Podcast that explores questions of faith, spirituality, and religion. I'm Dan Matthews, and I don't have all the answers, but I do enjoy the questions. Welcome to the podcast where every question is an invitation into a spiritual quest, and you're invited along for the journey. Okay, I just wanted to remind you that I'm releasing episodes now both in this format and also as videos on YouTube. And the subject of them is pretty much the same. But sometimes you get some visuals on the YouTube channel that I obviously can't offer in a sound-only format. So just go to YouTube and search for Sky Pilot Faith Quest. And if you do happen to wander over to YouTube and watch, be sure to leave me a post in the comment section below the video just to let me know what you think. Okay, I was recently at a quick stop to get some gas and buy something that, well, probably I had no business eating whatsoever. And as I went to check out, the guy who was running the register in front of me turned to the person he was working with who was at the other register a little further down the counter to tell him something. So just before he started to ring me up, this doppelganger for Spicoli standing in front of me. Spicoli's the guy from Fast Times at Ridgemont High. Remember the character played by Sean Penn? Anyway, this doppelganger for Spicoli said to his friend, Well, that's like never happened to me before. I told that woman who just left what was going on in my life, and she said, I'll be praying for you. By the way, that's my Spicoli impersonation. As I was standing there, thinking, man, he really looks and sounds like Spicoli. I wondered if he'd even ever seen the movie. And I also wonder if he looked at me and was reminded of the teacher, Mr. Hand from Fast Times. And if you don't know that actor, he was the guy who played the Martian in My Favorite Martian, which was a television series that I absolutely loved as a kid. Anyway, before I was so rudely interrupted by my own train of thoughts, that happens a lot, the guy who was telling the story, who was supposed to be ringing up my purchase, but by this point was totally engrossed in his own story. Well, okay, let's be totally honest. By now, we were both totally engrossed in his own story. He said, so I said to her, no, I'm not like super religious, so I'm really not comfortable with that. Thanks and all, but I'm not comfortable with you doing that. At this point, I really wanted to ask questions. So many questions. I mean, I really wanted to know, what had he shared with this woman? What sparked him to share it? I'm guessing she had said something totally provocative like, how are you today? And he deciding that asking that question at the counter of a quick stop over ringing up a bag of Funyuns was a genuine inquiry into his state of being. So he decided he needed to share whatever it was he shared. Dang. I really wish I knew what it was. Does it matter to this story? Not at all. Would it help with the podcast? No, it really wouldn't. Do I still wish I knew? You betcha. Now, Given that I live in a major city in the South, I will assume that the woman who offered to pray for him was Christian. Maybe she wasn't, but chances are really, really good 
that she was. So as a Christian who's hearing this story, it's very easy to feel slighted and think, hey, hey, why aren't Christian prayers good enough? When you're in the cultural majority, it is very easy to experience something like this and only see it from your in-the-majority perspective. But there is a larger question here. I have certainly been in situations where someone from another faith offered something of their faith, and a Christian responded in a similar way to this non-religious guy. The Christian responded with, Oh, no, I'm a Christian. I'm not comfortable with your spirituality in my life. Isn't it interesting how our opinion changes depending on our perspective? Case in point. Sarah and I were drinking our coffee yesterday and reading our news feeds. Sarah's job with the Carter Center requires a fair amount of travel, so she's particularly drawn to reading travel-related stories. Anyway, we're reading the news on our tablets, and Sarah says, Oh, here's kind of an interesting story. There's a woman who shared her story about traveling. She gets to her airplane seat as she's being boarded onto the plane and is seated at a row with a married couple. When the beverage cart finally comes around after they're up in the air and the flight attendant asks for drink orders, this woman orders a glass of wine. Now, before the flight attendant can even move, the couple next to her then turns to her and says, Sorry, would you mind ordering something else, something non-alcoholic, please, because we don't believe in drinking alcohol. Now, again, there are pieces of this story that I don't know. I will guess that their request was made for religious reasons. Now, I have no idea. But even if not, there seemed to be a kind of natural assumption for them that the people around them were obligated to live their lives in a way that conformed to whatever code they had applied to their own lives. And being near them and choosing a code different from them, well, that made them uncomfortable. Look, I think there is a prevailing sentiment in our world in which many of us believe I should be able to practice my sense of piety or absence of piety as devoutly or overtly as makes me comfortable, but I should not have to see, experience, or in any way intersect with yours if it is different from mine because, well, that's uncomfortable for me. Now, you may find yourself thinking, okay, got it, Dan, you live in a land of freedom and religious tolerance. Let other people be. It's not particularly profound, but we've got it. Thanks. Yep. Um, that's not really my point here. Let me tell you another story. When I was in seminary, I had to do a summer internship of sorts in a hospital where I functioned as a hospital chaplain. Now, there's a story that's so deeply meaningful to all of us who were in the chaplaincy group that summer, and I want to share it with you now. Everyone in the group was Christian. We had a Baptist, two Episcopalians, a Presbyterian, and a Lutheran. And this story revolves around two people, the Baptist from our group and a patient, an elderly Jewish woman. Now, one of the young guys of our group who was the Southern Baptist went to visit this very small but surprisingly energetic elderly Jewish woman in her hospital room. Now, I can't remember if she was sick or about to undergo surgery, but I do remember whatever was going on with her was significant. And at the end of his visit, he asked, as we often would at the end of a visit, he said, is there anything I can do for you? She said, well, I sure would like a prayer from you. So he closed his eyes 
as he held her hand and he prayed a prayer. He prayed a mighty prayer, of which he was very proud. It was a non-sectarian prayer. It was a prayer in which he had stripped all references to Jesus and anything that might feel Christian and made it a prayer that anyone of any faith could listen to and not be offended. And when he finished, he said his final word, Amen. And he opened his eyes and looked into hers, knowing that she would be in tears at this beautiful moment of spiritual connection between the two of them. Instead, what he saw was one tiny but very annoyed woman looking back at him from the hospital bed who said, What was that? That doesn't help me at all. You don't believe anything you just said. Now, do it again and give me something that you believe in. He was stymied for a moment, a little confused, wasn't expecting that, gathered himself, his thoughts, and thought, Okay, I'll pray a prayer like I would pray for a family member. So he prayed again this time, the type of prayer that he would have prayed for his own mother if she were in this situation. And when he opened his eyes, this time she did indeed have tears in her eyes. Thank you. That was wonderful, she said to him. Now let me be really clear about what was, and more importantly, what wasn't happening here. This woman did not convert to Christianity. She was devoutly Jewish when the prayer began and just as devoutly Jewish when it ended. Her rabbi came several times to visit her while she was in the hospital, and she was very comfortable and happy in her own beliefs and faith. What she wanted from her visiting chaplain was for him to be authentically him in his faith and for him to allow her to be authentically her in her faith. Now, let me say, as a hospital chaplain, his instincts weren't wrong. As a chaplain, you need to allow space for other people and their beliefs. That isn't the time for you to push your religion, your faith, your type of prayer, your type of worship onto them. The point of this story isn't that he was wrong, but that she was comfortable and solid enough in her faith that she could allow, even encourage him, to be faithful in his own in her presence. I have certainly tried in my life to apply the lesson this woman taught. She taught unknowingly, but she taught nonetheless to our entire group that summer. When encountering people of other faiths, I remind myself not to be threatened, but to invite them to be themselves, encourage them to offer the best of what their tradition has to offer, and you know what? You know the point of this story is? I won't be converted, but I will be enriched. A number of years ago, just after I moved to Atlanta, I was invited to a post-Ramadan event in which many of the Muslims in Atlanta gathered for dinner with lots of people from around the city who weren't Muslim. I was really excited at the opportunity to attend this event, because at that point in my life, in my career, I hadn't really been around Muslim people as they were expressing their faith, and I was excited for the opportunity to do so. But what wound up happening was that there was nothing of their faith in the entire evening. I get it. A part of the point of this evening was to let all of us non-Muslims 
who were attending see how, well, just like us, they were. So they had very carefully stripped the evening of anything that even hinted at their Islamic faith in order to make this dinner more comfortable, less threatening, for the non-Muslim people who were attending. It was a huge event. As I said, maybe 2,000 people total, something like that, maybe more. There must have been, as I said, several thousand people in the room. And I walked away profoundly disappointed because I felt like I had been denied an opportunity to experience them in their authentic spiritual selves. Now, this story, as I tell it, is not a judgment of the event. It's really telling my story, my experience. It's not a judgment of their motivation. I absolutely get that this was put on at the height of anti-Muslim sentiment in our nation. It was just two years after September 11th attacks, and they were navigating some really difficult times. So this story is not about them so much and their failure to give me what I needed, but really about my sadness that it could have been different that I didn't get to experience more of their authentic spiritual selves and that we were culturally at a time where it was separating us from really being ourselves with each other. Now, back to the quick stop. Look, if this woman at the counter was saying to the guy, I'm trying to convert you to Christianity, Judaism, Islam, Buddhism, whatever her faith was, then I'm with him. I don't think that's a good thing. But... If she was saying to him, you've told me something important just now, and I'm going to remember you and think about you in the way that in my tradition is a way of respecting and honoring what you have just told me, then I think it was a nice thing. And the best thing we can offer each other at that moment when somebody says, I'm going to honor you in my own faith tradition the best we can do is say, I appreciate you offering me the best of your tradition. Thank you. That's all for today. The truth is that despite the question for today, this really isn't about tolerance. I had a hard time naming this one. It's not really about tolerance because I don't like that word very much. Tolerance feels like an implication that there's something wrong with you, but I'm putting up with it. Instead, it's really about accepting or even celebrating our differences and coming to grips with the idea that we can accept that we are different. We can even celebrate those differences without in any way giving up on who we are. If you'd like to get in touch with me to offer a question or leave me a response to this or any episode, my email address is dan at skypilot.zone. And as always, I would love to hear from you. On your spiritual journey, may you ask questions, seek answers, and boldly go wherever the quest takes you. Thanks for joining us here today and being part of the SkyPilot Faith Quest community. This is a great place to ask questions you wouldn't feel comfortable or safe asking in other places. And remember, the sign of a strong faith, solid religion, or healthy spiritual journey is not certainty, but that you keep asking questions.